Welcome to the Pop on Film. I am Bonnie Williams, and with me is. Is. There you go. I am the Pope in question. My name is May Lynn. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. It is episode 458 of the podcast, and this is some of the shortest podcast notes I have had in a long ass time. Because uh, the monologue won't be the longest in the world. It'll primarily be a discussion. Uh, perhaps, I'm just going to talk about uh, my uh, last weekend where I performed at Pride. And this week's movie sucks ass. This is true. And and is the absolute worst Rocky. There are so many crimes that this film has committed. And I must say that the worst crime is the song sucks. Oh, yeah. They put their entire uh, like money on, oh, we've got the new Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. We've got the new uh, Gonna Fly Now. It's called Go For It. So we're going to have people say that line throughout the movie during the big fight. His son will be saying, go for it. It'll be in all the ads. Go for it. But the song sucks. That is a horrible crime for a Rocky movie. And it pisses me off. But that's that's a different story. Bunny. Yes. Hi. Hi. So I I'm working on it. Nice. Uh, I don't remember if I I was going to take an edible, and I don't remember. I was going to take a, but I don't remember if I took one or not. So I'm not sure. We'll find out in about an hour. Uh, so I performed last week. Yes, you did. In front of hundreds of people, and I want to talk about it during half. I was originally going to talk about it here in the monologue, but I like the routine that we've set up with our monologue where we talk a little bit in the beginning, banter about, about you know, what's coming up with, with our uh, podcast, with our episodes, and uh, then we pick a news story to discuss, and I have a good one that I think might lead to a nice discussion. Okay. Uh, I'm just glad we got a Julian Sands movie in this in this. Summer of Yo. A Julian Sands movie? Yes. I was feeling who's, very... Huh? Who's Julian Sands? Julian Sands, who's in Boxing Helena. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes. That's right. I'm just really happy that when they hired a black person to do a bad Don King impression, that they didn't get... Uh, uh, Keith David. Yeah. Because Keith David is, is an amazing actor, and being hired to do a bad Don King impression is beneath the man. Yes. So I'm happy. You would not believe who choreographed the fight at the end of Rocky V. I'm going to save it for the end, but it's all I want to talk about. What is this? Who choreographed the street fight at the end of Rocky oh. Five? It is all I want to talk about. 
Well, well, I, I always go with either Paula Abdul or or Tony Basil, you know, <laughs> or or that or that Mexican guy who did Newsies. He also Tony Ortega. He also choreographed uh, Michael Jackson's final performance that never happened because he died. Yeah, he's a famous choreographer as well. You knew that Cats, the movie, was in trouble when. The the trailers advertised from the director who brought you Les Miserables and the choreographer of Hamilton. That's like a new film from the sound editor of Pearl Harbor. Okay, yeah. something's up. Yeah. When you start getting to that level of advertising something. So, Pink! Okay. The singer, you know Pink, right? Bunny? I know of her. Okay. She never like calls well, or anything. The 42-year-old singer recently performed well, a big concert Unless, at London's Hyde Park. And throughout the concert, I'm not I'm not sure if this is a British thing or not. Okay. Completely out of left field. I recently Watched a, I've been thinking a lot about British people lately. I follow a British theme park YouTube channel called Review Time. Okay. And they did a really nice little like 11 minute video about how Tokyo Disney has an Indiana Jones ride that is completely different from all the other Indiana Jones rides. And while describing the plot of the Indiana Jones ride, the announcer said that however, during the excavation, Indy discovered booby traps and skeletal remains. Okay. Skeletal. I'm wondering, has this guy just never seen the word skeletal before, or is that how they all pronounce skeletal in English? That is interesting. Aluminium. Yeah, they put they it call is. it aluminium. Skeletal crap. remains. Who the fuck? I've never heard that before. Who says that? Nobody. Hi, Ranger Kate. So, so I've been thinking about British people lately. So, Pink, the singer, performed at London's Hyde Park, and throughout the concert. People are giving her gifts while she's on stage, including bouquets of flowers, teddy bears, fan paintings, and a giant wheel of cheese. There you go. Now you can drive home. I am so confused. Who gives, who thinks, oh, I'm going to see Pink perform. Better get my giant wheel of cheese. How do you get to that? In well your head. I'm going to bring a giant wheel of cheese to give to Pink. Well, that is so yeah, random. I, I would, I've I got would tickets think... to go see Neil Diamond perform this weekend. Better get my Jenga set. Well, like, I would think you would want it to be something random because you would want Pink to remember it. Okay. You know, well, so like uh, some... flowers or something. And as we all know, women are fascinated if you give them a piece of cheese. Yes. Yes, very much so, Bunny. So, uh, Pink gets a giant wheel of cheese on stage. This isn't news. It should be. 
You should see her face on stage holding a giant wheel of cheese that someone just handed her. It's a very bizarre face, but not as bizarre as the other face she made. Would you qualify as fascinated? I would say so. I would say that she was fascinated. The look on her face? Yeah, uh Yeah, she was pretty fascinated. But here's the big thing, okay? What happened next became big news. A fan threw a bag of her mother's ashes at the singer. Yes, I heard of this. Who paused, picked up said bag of cremated remains and asked the fan if indeed the bag was filled with ashes. Ever the professional, however, uh, Pink said, I don't know how I feel about that, and then proceeded to stash the ashes which is very difficult to say. Stash the ashes. Stash the ashes. It sounds like a. It sounds like a two thousand and four rock band. Stash the ashes. And, performing and with Coheed and Cambria. See, see. Uh, unfortunately, it's pink. It's it's pink and not like ZZ Top, where you could stash the ashes in the mustache. Yeah. What next one? Say that. It's out almost saying the A word. Yeah, yeah. Stash the ashes. Stash the ashes? Yeah. Yeah, so she stashed the ashes behind the speaker and continued the song. That's professionalism. Yes. Right there. They Pink is a professional. How so, far away from the ashes was the cheese though? I do not know. Ashy cheese. Ashy cheese. It sounds like something that they would eat in Finland or like in, like right before they burn the guy and the bear in the pyramid at Midsommar, they have the ritual where they eat the ashy cheese. Yes. So, Bunny. What are your thoughts on this vitally important news segment thus far? Uh, Well, there seems to have been a rash of things being thrown on stages with Mm -hmm. a lot of performers. But, like, look, you're getting how many millions for this performance? Learn to fucking duck. I'm sorry. That's a good point. Quit your whining. This is a hell of a payday. If somebody pelts you with their dead mother's ashes, hey. That comes with the territory. I performed at Pride Fest. Not only did no one get me cheese, no one threw ashes at me, but I would like to think that if someone threw a bag of ashes at me while I was on stage, I would have, because I have the reflexes of a cheetah, of a trans cheetah. So if someone threw me ashes, I'd just smack them right back and yeah. say, I don't think so. Denied like volleyball. Oh, bam. So herein lies the discussion, Bunny. Question. Uh, Well, first, a statement. Apparently, we can just throw ashes at celebrities now. Which is I'm counting this as a positive. So, so with this in mind, Bunny, what celebrity would you like to have your ashes thrown at after your death? Taking into account the fact that some British mum 
will no doubt be haunting Pink for the foreseeable future. Huh. Funny. Who you pelting? Who you haunting? Who? Okay, oh, the, see, you're taking it from so many different a- angles now. Now, who am I haunting? Yeah. <sighs> Celebrity. Celebrity. I'm going Ben told, Stiller. Ever since, ever since Natasha and I is, got married, I told her like, "Hey, if I die before you, uh, you can't remarry because I'm haunting the shit out of you." Yeah. So, like, not anyone personally. I'm talking about celebrities. Who who you being? Who you pelting with your remains? And who you haunting? Those are two different questions because I would like my ashes to be thrown at Tim Curry. But here's the thing. If if I have my ashes thrown at Tim Curry and Tim Curry dies, does that mean we're now ghost buddies? Because I don't want to hang out with Tim Curry as a ghost. You know? Yeah. That sounds creepy. I would want my ashes to pelt Tim Curry just out of, I don't know, respect for the man and all he has done. I, I, I think for who I would like to be to, to be pelted at still has to remain Selma Hayek. All right, all right. But who right. I would She's... like to haunt, I'm going Ben Stiller. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. You know who I was thinking? Because I, I thought of all these people who I would want to haunt, but then I thought, oh, but if I'm haunting them, that means I'm sticking with them for a long time, and there are just some people who I don't want to be tethered to. Yeah. So so I was like, okay, who... So then I was thinking, okay, what celebrity would would I be comfortable being tethered to? And that's when I came up with my final answer. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. I bet being tethered to Tom Hanks or Bill Murray would probably be fine. There's motorcycles outside. There's a motorcycle outside? No, a lot of motorcycles going down the street. Oh, okay. Interesting. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, just something fun to think about. You know, what celebrity are you pelting? Uh, I was also going to talk about something else, but I'm saving it for next week's half. Bunny, we are recording this on July 2nd, Sunday, July 2nd. Yesterday was July 1st, which in the world of sports is known as Bobby Bonilla Day. Do you know what Bobby Bonilla Day is? No. Okay, great. I'm glad that you don't. Don't look it up. Don't Google it. Don't bing it. Don't ask Jeeves it. That's hap for next week. And I find this shit fascinating. Okay. It is an incredible story of something that happens every July 1st. And I guess I just didn't know about it because I've just never been a sports person. But I'm trying to open myself up to new things. And, and things that I have shut myself off out of. And so I, I have learned about July 1st being Bobby Bonilla Day. And uh, I find the whole thing fascinating. I, I found myself liking a country singer. Really? 
Yeah. That may be going too far. Yeah, that's really surprising. Uh, Luke Combs, he's really popular right now. He has a song called Cold Is You that I really like. He also recently did a cover of Tracy Chapman's song Fast Car. Yeah. And I have some problems about a white man taking a black woman's song. However, um, next week, the song should become the number one country song in America, which means Tracy Chapman will be the first black woman to have written a top, a number one country hit in America. That's cool. vaguely historic. And it's like, oh, wow, okay, there you go. Good. I, I kind of like that. So that's it for uh, the monologue this week. I am excited to get to HAP. It's going to be a short one. I just want to talk about my performance at Pride. So cut on the monologue. And Bunny... Play my HAP intro! HAP! Is it done? There we are. Okay. Hi! I love that intro. It, it really doesn't make sense now, but okay. Buddy! Buddy! Yes? If you're like me... You're no doubt a big fan of this. You know what? Fuck the intro. I performed at Pride, y'all. Yes, you did. Yay. I performed at Pride. And I'm so happy about that. I, I, I've, I'm, what I've been trying to do lately is uh, I've been trying to have one massively <laughs> cathartic moving experience a year. <laughs> In 2022... I ran a marathon, and that was a big deal for me because my dad was a semi-professional bicyclist and a uh, marathon runner and a triathlete and yada, yada, yada. And so when I was little, when I was like eight, he made me run a marathon with him, and it was like a 5K fun run or something. And and, uh, while I was running... Way early on in the race, I fell and I broke my knee open and it started bleeding everywhere. But my dad didn't see the bleeding. He just saw his uh, feminine sissy son on the floor crying and said, you better get up and finish this race or I'm going to leave you. And I didn't because I was bleeding. So my dad left me there. Okay, yeah. And so I finished the race by myself and then collapsed and was sent to the medical tent. And to this day, I don't think my parents believe that I finished the race. So uh, being able to train for a marathon and run the marathon and finish the marathon was a big deal for me. I finished 11th in the women's category and 28th overall, which is a huge deal for my unhealthy ass. You really got to get Maxwell has been doing a thing where he's been popping in. And uh, holding up random things. And it's funny, but if you notice on the corner here, like on my uh, Zoom screen, it's really big. But on the actual screen on Twitch, it's very small. So if you are going to be popping in and holding up random objects, 
uh, you really got to lean closer to me, okay, in the future, just to let you know. So then this year, I performed at Pride, and it was a big deal, and I absolutely loved it, and I'm really proud of myself, and I just wanted to talk about it here on half. This cat just keeps jumping up here, and it's driving me yeah. nuts. Suddenly, okay. there was just a cat's ass. Yeah, so this is today's hat because I believe it's an historical event that I performed at Pride. They gave me a half-hour set, so I uh, did about 45 minutes. And I was, I came off stage, and that was the first thing out of my wife's mouth. You were 50 minutes over. And I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, didn't you hear me? Didn't you see me on the sides? Like, I no, I was in the zone. I have no freaking idea. I have no concept of time, no concept of how long I was. I was just rocking it, and that was all I was focused on. My favorite part of the performance was there was one part that I was super excited to do, and I told everybody about it. I told my wife about it. I told my kids about it. I told my oldest ones about it. I'm going to do this one weird thing. And everyone says, oh, okay, all right, If that's that's a bit weird. Why are you doing that? Are you sure? And I'm like, yes, it's going to be great. And everyone's like, oh, okay. And I started doubting it. But at the same time, I'm like, no, have faith in yourself, Maylin. You're going to rock this. So I went on stage in between books and I said, okay, this was going to be the big giveaway part of my performance where I was going to give away T-shirts. Now, to be clear, I didn't want to give away T-shirts because I wanted to give out t-shirts, I just felt that this was the only chance that I'll ever have in my life to shoot strangers with a t-shirt cannon. Yeah. And also, to be clear, I was going to George Romero this. I was going for headshots. Just bam! 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 But the Pride Alliance... So, so you, you were looking to put a motherfucker down. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and I'm saying all of this to the audience of like hundreds and hundreds of people, it, it, and you know they're laughing and they're it, the Pride Alliance wouldn't pay for the T-shirt can, and and then also apparently I would also have to pay for T-shirts, uh, yeah. so <laughs> that was a lot of money and I couldn't afford that, so I, I wanted to give away something, but again, um, thanks. So, so I wanted to give away something, but it had to be something that I, I could afford. So I gave away seven copies of Nickelodeon's live-action sitcom The Naked Brothers Band on DVD. Wow. You know, I've got these, like, crappy DVDs, and I'm holding them up. I am absolutely serious. Who wants a free copy of The Naked Brothers Band on DVD? And it's so interesting because all of my life I've been hired to do story times to entertain children to entertain little kids to entertain families and to entertain this and that and here's here i am in front of like hundreds of people and they're all like teens and in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and older people and they're all gay and they're all cool but when i started giving away copies of a nickelodeon live action sitcom there were some freaking cool ass too cool for school hipsters, gay 17-year-olds who rushed the stage like I was the friggin' Beatles. 
<laughs> get themselves a free copy. And there's little kids like, I want one, I want one. And then there are adults like, me, me, me. And it's like, I knew this would fucking work. <laughs> I told everybody and everyone thought it was going to be too weird. But I'm giving them away. And I said, I would like to thank Fire Lake Grocery Store by my house for always carrying DVDs that no one in their right mind would want to spend money on. And while I'm giving away copies of the Naked Brothers Band on DVD. And then there's all these people in the audience. And, and one of them was a uh, family who used to come to see me at the bookstore in Oklahoma and then went to go see me at uh, the nonprofit in Norman. And now they're here to see me perform at Pride. And I asked the dad, I said, hey, can you take a few pictures? Because all of my family's backstage. And so, uh, you know, I just wanted some pictures. And he said, yeah. And the, the Pride Alliance, the group that I was performing for, they took footage of the entire thing. But it's also a massive organization, and I don't know if I'll ever see that footage. I've asked them about it, but I haven't heard anything. But, and also, I had a, I tried doing a live stream, but I couldn't get the live stream going at the time of recording it. And I had a camera set up on stage with me, but they said, it is super hot out there. It is dangerously hot. It's like getting close to 100 degrees. So we're going to move your chair and your speaker back so you're not burning in the heat. But they had drag shows, drag performances. So there was a runway that went through the audience and me being me all hyperactive and stuff. I started walking up and down that and talking directly to people and, and moving around. So I have footage, but 80% of it does not have me in the footage. Okay. So that kind of sucks. But... Um, that's why I got the sunburn. I spent most of my time directly in the sun during the entire performance. One thing that I'm really proud of is that I was worried that that uh, here's all these cool, beautiful, wonderful, young and old gay people who are here. And then here's me. And I'm like, a am a stay at home. mom. Yeah. You know, I'm not a drag performer. I'm not a singer. I'm not a band. I'm not a dancer. I'm not burlesque. I'm not a drag queen. I'm just a trans woman reading some kids' stories, and I was a bit worried about that. Uh, and then I get there, and I'm being introduced to all the sound guys and the sound technician and the other sound technician, and here's the stage manager, and here's the lights. And you can tell that the Pride Alliance, who are all gay, hired all of these straight-ass white dudes to run the stage, and they're just there for a paycheck. And they're off to the, well, what's your name? Uh, Maylin? Okay, hi, my name's John. This is John. And uh, this is John. We're going to be uh, running things for you, just making sure you got a smooth performance. Damn it, I'm worried about it. I had their asses cracking the fuck up on the side. There was yeah. one time where the main sound guy was on the floor because he was laughing so hard. Yay! I made two dirty jokes on stage one was on purpose the other one was accidental the first dirty joke i was reading that was the one that was on purpose i was reading the book prince and knight and while the knight is distracting the dragon by using his shield and his armor to shine a light into the dragon's face the prince 
jumps onto the dragon and really quickly starts wrapping rope around the dragon and ties the dragon up. And I'm and I say, wow, it looks like this prince has had experience tying people up with rope. And I continue reading the book while I hear people laughing in the audience and I hear I see the sound guys right next to me laughing their asses off. And so I stop and I say, look, if you thought anything dirty just then, that's your fault. I led you to the lake. You're the ones who jumped in. <laughs> I'm keeping it clean here. I'm trying to do a clean show. There's kids here. Crap. And then I continue reading it. It was a big deal for me to say crap. In fact, one of my uh, former uh, booksellers from my uh, from the Barnes Noble in Norman came to me after the show and said, you said crap. And I said, I know this was my first story time. That was well and truly just for me yes, and not for anybody else, you know? And so my second dirty joke was a real bad one mm -hmm. that definitely all the straight sound technicians love. All the guys who definitely have Pornhub accounts loved this joke. I didn't mean for it to happen, but I ended with the very, very hungry caterpillar because I, at the end, I do this teary thing where I talk about how I was a caterpillar for 40 years, crawling around on the floor, not knowing that I had wings inside and could fly. And I've been a butterfly for two years and I love it, but I mourn all of the time that I lost that I could have been a caterpillar, a butterfly flying in the air. So I'm reading. The Very Hungry Caterpillar by Eric Carle. And I get to the point where he says, uh, he wasn't a little caterpillar anymore. He was a big, fat caterpillar. And at that point, when I'm doing a normal story time, I say, hey, you sh we, we, don't, we shouldn't body shame, not even caterpillars. And I wanted, and that's what I usually do when I read it, but I wanted there to be some sort of a, uh, some sort of a hook, some sort of an ending to that joke some sort of a punchline. So yeah. I, I ad-lib something and I said, hey, we do not body shame here at Oklahoma City Pride Fest. And everyone's cheering. It's a cheap pop like McCauley. We don't body shame, not even bugs and insects and caterpillars, I think. And off the top of my head, I, I thought, what about like a BBW, a, which is a term for a big, beautiful woman, but for a caterpillar. So I said, I think that this caterpillar is a big, beautiful caterpillar. Just don't use those initials. And then I kept reading it, and a few people in the audience laughed. But the white straight sound guys were on the effing floor. <laughs> I just made a big black cock reference. Yes. In the middle of an Eric Carl book. And they lost it. And I thought, hey, maybe this uh, story time event will be popular and maybe I'll get some offers. I wasn't expecting the first offer once I was done to be from the fucking straight white sound guy. Really? But he came up to me and said, let me tell you, that was one of the funniest fucking performances I've ever seen. Have you thought about doing stand-up comedy? And I said, well, I consider my story times to be stand-up comedy because the way that I saw my entire performance was it was a it was a pilot for my story times being for kids and adults. I've always felt that 
but I've always had to cater for kids. So my 45-minute set at OKC Pride Fest was like the first time that I could officially say I made everyone laugh. There were maybe like 20 kids there. All the rest were adults, and they fucking loved it. And so I feel that I could go to a bar and do a story time. I could go to a dispensary and do a story time. And so he took my uh, contact info and is trying to get me some uh, uh, some uh, some performances at uh, colleges in Oklahoma. Cool. And then I'm walking around the the afterwards. I'm walking around the the Pride Fest, and all these people are stopping me. Maylin, uh, Maylin, oh, I love your performance. And these trans people are coming up to me and saying how I, I inspire them, yada, yada, yada. And I find a company there that I wrote an email to a few weeks ago trying to get uh, some performances. And they said, May Lynn, we saw your performance. It was hilarious. We're sorry we haven't emailed you back, but we want to be in business with you. And so uh, they're having a two-year anniversary for their business, but... Uh, this weekend is the end of their two-year anniversary party, and uh, sometime next week, we're going to sit down, and we're going to go through the calendar, and so I haven't officially announced it yet, but yeah, I, I'll i be doing some story times for a uh, restaurant in Norman fairly oh. regularly coming up soon. Nice. That's freaking awesome, dude. And then afterwards, you know, my the first thing out of my wife's mouth is, you were 15 minutes over, and I'm like, oh, shit. And the president of the entire Pride Fest comes up to me and said, you blew, that was amazing. That was incredible. We can't wait to have you next year. We can't wait to work with you. And I'm like, I went over. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And he said, don't worry about it. It was great. You, you knocked it out of the park. You did wonderful. And then afterwards, I, I saw the vice president. The vice president was just gushing over me. And she said, when you auditioned for Pride, our jaws were on the floor and we automatically started thinking about all the things we can do together so oh. if we're going to get together yeah little, we're going to get together and start thinking about uh, uh, ways that that i can perform for some gay friendly story times for kids around the I, oklahoma area I, ha I have a suggestion maybe it's already been suggested but take some of those banned books and read them loud and read them proud. Yeah, that's that's why I read Prince and Knight. I, I said even in the in the, the event that like this is a banned book. Basically, if you have this in your possession and you fly into Florida the moment you step out of the airplane, they tase you in the privates. <laughs> and that is why I am reading it today. Well, I think they do that even without the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even without the book. It's, yeah, it's, so just, my, that, it's just the welcome to Florida. You know? Yeah. You, you go to Hawaii, they put a lay around your neck, go to Florida, taser to the privates. FYI, on Twitch, it says the Pope on film, episode 457, Rocky 4. It is episode 458, and we're doing Rocky 5. Oh, how about that? I forgot to change just, that shit. Just wanted to point that out. I appreciate it. 
No problem. So now I'm just in this in this thing where I'm just tr- I'm still trying to come down. You know, it's been oh, one yeah. week since I've done the performance. It's been, and I'm trying to just get back into normal and and just not having one good thing about having finally done the performance. I can stop listening to so much Rocky soundtrack. Yes. Really happy about that. I could go back to listening to normal music and not getting pumped up with the Rocky soundtrack. So that's a positive. People in chat, can you identify the things that Maxwell's holding up? Just Uh, wondering. I know what he's holding up. I don't know if everyone on the small screen can. So that's it for half this week. I performed at Pride. It's amazing. And now I'm looking towards the future. And uh, thank you. Cut on that. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be discussing Rocky Five, or I, I think it's pronounced Rocky V. Rocky V. Rocky V. Rocky V. Uh, you won't believe who choreographed the fight scene at the end of the movie. It'll blow your freaking mind, and I can't wait to discuss it. But uh, just Meredith. He wasn't in the no. movie, but he choreographed it. No, you. It is weird. I- yeah. my puppet. It's like a fucking teamster. Every time you turn around, he's off on a coffee break. We got a building to put up here. My name is Mr. Steve. I'm a storyteller. Hello, everybody. Mr. Steve here, and it's time for another Mr. Steve short story time. Today's story time is... We're different, we're the same, and we're all wonderful. A Sesame Street book. We're different. Our noses are different. We're the same. Our noses are the same. They breathe and sniff and sneeze and whiff. Our hair is different. Our hair is the same. It grows on us in several places. It warms our heads and frames our faces. Our mouths are different. Our mouths are the same. Their lips form the words we say, 
and smile when it's a happy day. Our skin is different. Our skin is the same. It tells us something's cold or hot or wet or dry. It knows a lot. Muscles and bones are wrapped inside it. We all have blood and skin to hide it. It keeps in warmth. It keeps out dirt. It warns us so we don't get hurt. Our eyes are different. Some of them are googly, googly eyes. Our eyes are the same. They see, they blink, they weep, they wink. Oh, remember when you could be in a movie theater like that? Our bodies are different. He used to be an imaginary friend. That's true. Our bodies are the same. They stretch and bend and work and play. They all need food and rest each day. They dance and wriggle and ride a bike. They might look different, but they're alike. Our feelings are different. Same, Telly Monster, same. Our feelings are the same. Lonely, worried, scared, excited, happy, loving, glad, delighted. I want to go to the haunted house. We're the same. We're different. That's what makes the world such fun. Many kinds of people, not just one. A rainbow would be boring if it were only green or blue. What makes a rainbow beautiful is that it has every hue. So aren't you glad you look like you? We're different. We're the same. Can you kids spot Elmo in this picture? Dude, I really like these guys. They're jamming. Pretty sure that's the Grateful Dead. Okay, I'll give you five more seconds to find Elmo. Five, four, three, two. He's right there. He's right there. You see him? This this guy, not, not, not this old woman. This guy right here. We're wonderful. The end. Yay! Well, that's today's story. Did you like that, boys and girls? Remember, we're different, we're the same, and we're all wonderful. Just because someone is a different size, a different color, a different something, doesn't mean that they're any different than you. We're different, but we're all the same. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Be sure and like and subscribe and all those things I'm supposed to say because I'm somebody on YouTube. We'll see you later. Bye. <laughs>
Oh, shut up, get out. She's saying mommy's cramping. Now. Minstrel cramps. She's getting tighter and tighter and tighter. Where the fuck is the chocolate? The pain. Minstrel cramps. The most common cause of menstrual cramps is stress. No shit. Hey, try these. Does this village help? It does when you do it, right? It's your uterus that's stressed. Don't live in pain? Call 1-800-555-9969 and order Dr. Rod's Super Powered Vagina Balls. Just three easy payments of $59.99. 1-800-555-9969. Operator standing by. Order now. Hello, Tim's mom? Have you seen Tim anywhere? He's not here at the studio and I'm beginning to worry. 911? Hello, Queen of Germany? And I'm hungry. Actually, I'm more hungry than worried. You can forget about worried altogether. Yes, it's an emergency. My friend is missing and I'm sandwichless! What, what kind of sandwiches you got over there in Germania? Who the hell are you calling a brat? Did you make me a sandwich? I like mayonnaise on both sides of the bread. Miracle Whip? What kind of possessed hellhound are you? Sandwichless! S-A-N-D-W-I-C-H-L-E-S-S! -S -S. Do you understand, motherfucker? Hello? 911? Hello? Maybe I should call 912. I hear you're getting a lot of hits on Tinder. Nice. No one will not let you cover me in mustard and sauerkraut, you pervert! Wait, wait, wait. Is that in Germanian dollars? Yeah. Yeah, now we're talking. Hello, I'm the other Luz. It has been brought to my attention that there's a gentleman out there by the name of Jean. Now, Jean is very close to somebody that I know from a long, long time ago. 
He's a friend of mine, and therefore, Jean, by de facto, we are good friends as well. And now, Jean, I shall read this for you. Rusty Cage. You wired me awake and hit me with a hand of broken nails. You tied my lead and pulled my chain. To watch my blood begin to boil. But I'm going to break. I'm going to break my. I'm going to break my rusty cage and run. Too cold to start a fire. I'm burning diesel, burning dinosaur bones, yeah? I'll take the river. Down to still water and ride a pack of dogs. But I'm going to break. I'm going to break my... I'm going to break my rusty cage. It's like a Phillips head into my brain. It's going to be too dark to sleep again. Cutting my teeth on bars and rusty chains. But I'm going to break. I'm going to break my rusty cage and run. When the forest burns along the road like God's eyes in my headlights. When the dogs are looking for their bones and it's raining ice picks on your steel shore. But I'm going to break. I'm going to break my. I'm going to break my rusty cage. I have to tell you something. I'm only a myth. And until next week, I'll be missing you. From a million to one shot, he became a true champion of the world. Now, 
ultimate glory. Because of the continuous violent blows to the head, the effects are irreversible. The crowds. My husband is retired. He has nothing more to prove. And the money are gone. You lost millions. Look, I still got my place in the old neighborhood. His title is in the hands of a new champion. He might win a few fights, but he's no Rocky Balboa. Controlled by an unscrupulous promoter. This is your medical report. It's not so good, but we can work around it. All that's left is his family. We've been down before. I'll get it all back. His heart. I gotta fight, okay? I got problems, I gotta fight. And a dream. A dream to get it all back. This is a tremendous opportunity. Opportunity for who? For you to make money for him to be disabled? You know he can't carry Balboa stuff. As long as they got Balboa on the brain, he'll always be champ. Got to challenge that man to fight. And if he refuses, then you got to insult him. You got to dog him. You got to humiliate him. You got to do whatever you got to do to get him into that ring. Tell me you're a piece of garbage, you know that? No! You told him I'd fight anywhere, anytime. In the ring, in the ring. Tommy Gunn only fights in the ring. My ring's outside. Yeah. Let's do it. Come on, Tommy, lock me up. on film hi hi it's time bunny it's time it's time yes bunny my friend it is time once again for all of us here on the pope on film podcast to twist our way into the third and final part of our big show I've got a mouthful of pizza. I really should have thought this through. Oh, real professional here. And it is said, third act, wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all-new, all-yo's movie of the week. And this week, we continue our summer of yo with a look at the shittiest Rocky movie, the 1990 film Rocky V. Yes. Um, explanation of themed summer. Every summer on the podcast, we 
go through a theme. We did the summer of Star Wars, the summer of Saw, the summer of Fred Willard, the summer of um, the worst movies, according to IMDb, and the summer of COVID exploitation. Uh, there's a movie out there called Coronavirus Conspiracy, which is actually just about um, aliens and Harambe, and it's dumb and stupid, and I love it. Um, this summer, we are doing the summer of Yo, where we are watching the entire Rocky franchise and boxing Helena, because of boxing. And we are uh, counting all the Yo's. I didn't just watch this film. I watched the film, and then if I if I would play scenes over and over and over again to make sure that I could count each and every yo. So this time, I think I have the definitive number. I, I have no idea where you got that number because we are both sitting here like. <clears throat> the problem and is, we is would, that when we I would rewind Rocky, and go back in case we thought we missed a yo or something. I got yeah. 18. When I when I watch Rocky 2 and Rocky 3 and Rocky 4, oftentimes I will I had much lower numbers than you did because I get so invested in the film that I forget to count the yo's, but this movie I fucking hate the shit out of Rocky V. So I there were times when I wasn't even paying attention at all to the film. I was just here with a clipboard and a pen just waiting. And I, I wasn't even really watching the movie. I would just go, okay, let me go back two minutes. There might have been a yo I missed. Okay, let me he hear that scene again. He does say yo, Rocky. Okay, boom. And so I, I went through this with a fine-tooth comb specifically. I was only watching it to listen to yo's and not to actually pay attention to the action because... There hardly is any. This movie fucking sucks. Yes, it does. I hate this film. But before we get to uh, just destroying this film, Bunny, can you can you give me some guesses as to who choreographed the final street fight in Rocky V? At first, you're going to go, wait, what the fuck? But then eventually, the more you think about it, the more it will make sense. Uh, I'm going with Paulie. No. He was on the set anyway. Staggering around. Yeah, I think Paulie. I, no, Paul... Um, actor Burt Young did not choreograph the final fight. I am shocked at the fact that Burt Young is an actor. Was it pink? No, but that's a good, that is a good guess. Um, I am shocked that Burt Young is an actor because I only have ever seen him as Polly. I went through his IMDb uh, page and it's like, wow, look at all of these movies that actor Burt Young has been in. None of which I have seen. Okay. Okay. Then let me let me save you some time, okay? All of those credits, they're all Paulie. That's, That's just what the I fuck figured. he is. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, Burt Young movies. Sarah Q, never saw it. Bottom of the Ninth, I don't think that's a real film. Blue Lake Butcher, like what the fuck? Club Fed, I've never seen that. The Boys of Sunset Ridge, that looks like you made that up. Back, He was in Back to School? I haven't seen that since I was like a teen. Yeah, he was uh, Rodney Dangerfield's bodyguard. Oh yeah, I don't remember that at all. Mickey Blue Eyes, I never saw. That was at the peak of uh, Hugh Grant's uh, Hugh Grantiness, but I never saw that movie. He was in Amneville 2, The Possession? Uh, if yeah, you he say was, so. He was the pig creature. Oh. <laughs> he was in Going Overboard with Adam Sandler? Okay. Like, I, I, I guess he had an acting career, but I... That that all seems pretty sus to me. Okay. Oh well, you the- you missed you missed his outstanding starring performance in Convoy. Convoy. Yeah. Nice, nice. I still my my dad used to answer people like when he was at work and someone was talking to him, and in order, my dad was all about. Just trying to be white, trying to blend in with white America. And so when my dad would be talking to like construction people in order to make sure that the construction people knew that my dad was hearing him, my dad would always say, oh, yeah, 10-4, 10-4. I hear you, 10-4, 10-4, good buddy. Like he would talk in in like trucker speak. And yeah. it's gotten to the point where. Where like I don't even know that I'm saying it, but I say ten four all the time. Really? Yeah, and it's just a some sort of weird trucker thing I picked up from my dad, which is weird. The final street fight was choreographed by wrestler Terry Funk. Really? Okay. Fucking Terry Funk choreographed the end fight of Rocky Lee. And at first you go, what the fuck? But then you think of his career as a hardcore wrestler and you go, okay. Yeah, if you're going to have a street fight outside of a bar, (laughs) who better than Terry Funk? He was probably already drunk in the bar. Yeah. And they just went, hey, does anybody here have any fight experience? I used to be NWA champion. But yeah, Terry Funk did it. And you can kind of, when you know that and you see the fight, it's a different fight. Because at first it's like, hey, I'm punching you. Hey, I'm punching you. And then suddenly Rocky is doing like drop toe holds. Yeah. And like, like, like side suplexes and shit. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, Terry Funk. There you go. Terry Funk had a hand in this. It makes sense. It's weird. But yeah, Terry Funk, that's the only positive that I can say about this film. Because this movie freaking sucks. Yes, it does. And I hate it. Fuck this movie. People to go see people go and see Rocky movies to see a good, fun underdog story. But in this one, the dog gets put down. Yes. Rocky is down and out, but he triumphs in the end. Of all of the movies, 
you know, people didn't see Rocky's success in Rocky Two and Rocky Three and say, "Yeah, but I want to see him lose everything." MC Hammer style. Yeah. Well, that's it. I could save you. I could save you the time of watching the first fifteen minutes of this movie. Rocky gets stupid and poor again. That's it. Yes, Ivan Drago beat the respectability out of him. Yeah, what was the word that Mickey said? It it can happen to any fighter. You became sophisticated? No. You You, you became Oh, what Civilized. did you say in Rocky 3? The worst thing happened to you. It could have happened to any fighter. You got not sophisticated, but it was something else. Wasn't civilized? Civilized? Yeah. It, but yeah, in civil. this film, Rocky is back to just being the dumb idiot Palooka that he was in the first film and second film. Yeah. Well, I, I never like, understood how, how the fuck he got know? smart to begin with. Yeah. No one thought that this film showcasing his fall from grace simply it no no one thought that like hey maybe we don't have to show Rocky's fall from grace but like this movie shouldn't exist period This won't be the longest we spent discussing a Rocky movie because of this reason <laughs> I don't like this film. It's the lowest uh, uh, box office for any Rocky movie. All five, six, all nine of them. This is the lowest box office that it ever had. I saw this movie the day it came out. I was in eighth grade. Really? It was November of the year 1990. Me and my friend Alex went to go see it. There were ads that would show all the yo's. They had TV commercials where it's like, yo, 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 Rocky Five, go for it. And it's like, wow, how many yo's are going to be in Rocky Five? Hey, let's all count. And I'm proud to say that the count that I had when I was in eighth grade was the same count that I had this time going over this freaking film with a fine-tooth comb to count each and every single solitary yo. I, I know you got 18, but I went through this thing with a freaking, not a fine tooth comb, like a, like a, like a lice comb. That's what I went through this movie with, with the tiniest little lice comb. So, so what's My your final count? Is definitive this time. 18, no way. There were, there were like, Nine in the Christmas scene alone. I got I got six in the Christmas scene. Six? I I I, I have a running tally, and okay. I can tell you definitively when you really like listen to a scene two times and three times, you really pay attention. You really you don't even watch the film, you're just listening for the yells and pausing and rewinding. I guarantee you. 32. 32. I'm taking that as the official number. 
Yes. And it, we were both pretty high last week. I counted three in the director's cut. They were all from Polly. Yeah. They were all from Polly. I could have lived my whole life without seeing Sly Stallone's naked ass. I didn't need to see that. No. There's also the fact that... But um, he was going very Greek statue, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. He was going yeah. very classic. A bit marbleized, but not in a good way. The thing that I like is in the beginning, you see Tony Duke Evers, who is played by Tony Burton. He was the manager for Apollo Creed. And then Apollo Creed died. And in Rocky Four, he became uh, Rocky's manager. In Rocky Five, he's only in the beginning. But he, very clearly, his name is Duke Evers. But in the, in the first scene... Uh, Rocky's first line is like, Hey, Tony. Yeah, champ, what do you need? Get Adrian. And Tony runs off to get Adrian, and that's the last thing we see of Tony. His, his character's name is supposed to be Duke Evers, and the actor's name is Tony Burton, but in, I think, uh, either Rocky, in Rocky 2, I think, um, Apollo Creed accidentally calls Duke Evers Tony, and in Rocky Five, uh, Sylvester Stallone accidentally calls Duke Evers Tony. So they had to, and then in the next film, they call him Duke. So now you go to uh, Wikipedia, and his character is called Tony Duke Evers, and that Duke is his nickname. But that's really just some bullshit that they do because they fuck up his name and in a couple of different films. Okay. And I find that to be fascinating. Um, the first yo is three minutes in as a naked Rocky yells, Yo, Tony! A lot of times they're quick like that. They just yeah. like rush him. Yo, Tony! Um, but yeah, you mentioned this. Rocky is a dumb palooka with no brain in the first movie, and I said that the reason why he's a good boxer, he never covers his face. No. And it's like, he's not covering his face because he, he can't get brain damage because he had no brain to begin with. But then in Rocky 3, he's all sophisticated and he has a brain and he's articulate, but apparently in Russia, Ivan Drago just knocked the brain out of him. And he's back to being an effing idiot again. Yes, he's he is. He's wearing the stupid suit again and the hat and the freaking gloves and he's got the ball again. Like, he just goes back to being a freaking idiot. Which leads me to, to wonder, what the fuck have happened to his dog? Butt oh, kiss. But thank you. Oh, that would have driven me insane. And we haven't seen the turtles in a while. But he does allegedly still have the turtles. Yeah. In real life. But I'm, I, one thing I will say, I'm excited to see where the podcast goes from here. Because I saw Rocky V the day it came out, and I hated it so much that when Rocky Balboa came out, 
I said, no, I am done with the entire Rocky franchise because Rocky V pissed me off that much. Yes. So then when Creed came out, I said I would see Creed, but in order to see Creed, I'd have to see all the other Rocky movies, including Rocky V, which fucking sucks, and I don't want to ever see that again, so I guess I'm not seeing Creed. And now people are saying that Creed 3 is one of the best movies of 2023, and so it's like, it, it, like we're going to get there, and I'm excited to see where uh, the rest of the Rocky film goes. The Rocky franchise. I'm excited to see uh, Rocky Balboa, and I'm excited to see the Creed series. Yeah. This Rocky, is, I, I'm excited about that. Rocky Balboa would have been better if they didn't have a fight. The reason why Rocky Balboa, I think, exists is because um, uh Eventually, uh, Sylvester Stallone did come out and say, okay, uh, yeah, I've heard from a number of medical professionals, and I've heard from a lot of brain experts, and I've heard from a lot of sports athletes, and I've heard from a lot of boxers, so I would like to apologize for Rocky V, because the damage, the brain damage that Rocky gets would not kill him, would not lead to permanent brain damage and most fighters who had that problem that Rocky has would be able after a while and with therapy to go back to fighting so okay. I feel like the movie Rocky Balboa only exists to sort of make up for the bullshit in Rocky 5 yeah yeah and there's also the fact that yeah he's like in his 40s and he's in his 50s in Rocky Balboa and he's going back to fight and I remember at the, and I'm okay with that because I remember when George Foreman went back to fighting and he wasn't that bad. No. He was like a 40 year old, 41 year old fighting like, uh, what, Buster Douglas and shit like that and managing to make it to the end of the fight. Sure, it became a decision where the judges, gave the win to who's not George Foreman, but still he stayed in there and was able to fight in his older years. And, and so I, I'm all right with Rocky Balboa. Yeah. As a movie. I'm also excited for the fact that apparently between Rocky V and Rocky Balboa, Adrian dies. And I'm really excited about that. Cause I liked her in Rocky one. I liked her a bit in Rocky two. And in all the other films, she's just there to yell at Rocky when he's having problems. Yes, exactly. And I've gotten so freaking annoyed with Adrian, and I'm so excited for her to be dead. <laughs> well, it's just part of the Rocky formula now. Yep. Which Rocky V doesn't follow the formula, formula completely, but in, in which nobody died in this <clears throat> one. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, we had the emotional, uh, the emotional Adrian scene, you know, we yep. had the, I'm afraid, you know, that kind of, or, yeah. I gotta be a man! or, you know, some of the whiny bullshit he's crying about. Uh, we had that, we had montages galore. Yeah. We had quite a few montages here. 
plus it really pisses me off that like I understand why Stallone did it. His son in this movie is played by his real life son. Is it Sage Stallone? So I can understand why Sylvester Stallone would cast his own son to play his son in this film where the son has more of an actual part in the film to play. But in Rocky Four, which happened just days before Rocky Five, your child is nine years old and now he is 14 a yes. few days later. So the only answer to this is. Um, Sylvester Stallone's son has that disease that Robin Williams had in the movie Jack. Yes. He's got Jack disease. He's just jacking <laughs> the whole film. So that's something. I don't like the plot of this. I don't like the fall from grace. I don't like how dumb Rocky is. It suddenly is again. And Tommy Morrison cannot act his way out of a paper freaking bag. No. And I would be remiss if I didn't point this out. Tommy Gunn was played by Tommy Morrison, an actual boxer with a long career. We did a, a half about him over three years ago. It was a shap entitled, yes. Does Tommy Morrison Have AIDS? It's a whole story that I do not want to get into right here. But... Tommy it's Morrison in the has had an odd boxing career. He may or may not have AIDS. It's a whole story. Um, what else? The worst crime of Rocky V is the Rocky V theme. Go for it. It sucks. It's lame. It's forgettable. It's not one-tenth of an eye of a tiger. It's not even an, 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 an asshole of a tiger. Yeah. It's a toe of a tiger. And also in the original script, Rocky died at the end of the street fight, making this the clerks of the Rocky franchise. Yes. Somewhere out there in the multiverse, Rocky dies in Rocky V. So that's exciting. But I'm excited to see where the where the franchise goes from here. I'm excited to see what happens in Rocky Balboa. Have you seen Rocky Balboa? Yeah. Okay. Because I have not. So the rest of the Rocky franchise will be a blind watch for me. I am a bit worried to see young Jess from Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Although now he would be the dead dad from that show that everybody liked. For a, this is us. Yeah. He's not a Jess from Gilmore Girls anymore. He's still that guy from Heroes for me. Yes, I totally forgot about Heroes. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't believe that that uh I think that the best thing in the world to ever happen on this podcast was uh Rory finally dumped Logan Huntsberger. Yeah. That was I'm a big deal. I'm still Team Jess all the way. Yeah. To be clear. But I got a final count of 32 yo's in this film. 32 yo's. You really got to pay attention and stay on your toes with the yo's 
I watched this film over and over again, rewinding scenes, listen, watching them repeatedly. And sometimes my wife was here and said, oh, there's one. And I'm like, are you sure? I didn't hear it. Let me go back. Oh, you were right. Okay, I did miss that one. And fine tooth comb, I tell you, there are 32 yo's in Rocky V. Go for it. Okay. Have you seen any of the creeds too? Have you seen all of those? I have not seen any of the creeds. Okay, so I'm excited about that too. I it, it, I I will say that Sylvester Stallone should get more credit. He again, he wrote, produced, and uh, I don't think he directed this one, but he directed most of these Rockies. He wrote them all himself. He produced all of them himself. He starred all of them himself. Uh, only. Two other people can do that. Orson Welles and Ed Wood. Yes. And somewhere in the middle is Sylvester Stallone. He should get credit for that. He also wrote uh, Rocky Balboa. I'm excited to get to the Creeds because the Creeds continues the Rocky story, but from a black perspective, and it's written, the, the Creed movies are written by someone who is not Sylvester Stallone. Cool. That's a big plus. And I'm ex- yeah, that is a big plus. I'm, I'm excited to see a modern take on the Rocky franchise from someone who's not Sylvester Stallone. They did not cast him in Rocky in Creed 3, and Sylvester Stallone was pissed off about this because it is his baby. But also, I'm kind of excited to, find, to eventually get to a Rocky film without Rocky. Yeah. I I feel bad saying that, but it's the truth. I I'm so happy to have gotten to the end of Rocky Five. Fuck this movie. Stallone just I, needs to hang it up now. I mean, he's <clears throat> he could barely act to begin with. Now he's just showing up and shit being Stallone. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, I saw um I I saw the new Indiana Jones movie, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. It's fine. It's better than the Crystal Skull and that's all that matters. That's what I'm hearing. But it's also in the beginning, like the first 20 minutes is a pitch perfect computer generated young Harrison Ford in World War II, and it looks amazing. It looks incredible. It doesn't have that uncanny valley look that they that they get sometimes, like in the Marvel movies where they de-age someone. It looks perfect. It looks 100% like young Harrison Ford, but then he opens his mouth, and they have modern-day Harrison Ford voicing him, and that's where it fucks up. Oh, because it's perfect. It looks exactly like young Harrison Ford. Ten young minute warning. Harrison Ford from 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 Raiders of the Lost Freaking Ark. It looks just like him. But then he opens his mouth and says, "Yup, it's me, young Harrison Ford." And it's like, fuck, you couldn't digitize his voice in any way. <laughs> it, the movie is. Fine, but I saw a preview before that for the Expendables Four. Oh God! And Stallone is in the Expendables Four. I've never seen any of the Expendables movies, but you know what they're calling Expendables Four? What? Expend Four Bulls. 
Oh, God. E-X-P-E-N-D for B-L-E-S. The number four. Expendables. And I, it says something about the new Indiana Jones movie that I was watching the film and going, this is pretty good. This is pretty fun. Expend four bulls? Expend four bulls. Expend four bulls. Oh, okay, whatever. Okay. So, um, Indiana Jones is running. Hey, why, why couldn't they get uh, Waymond Wang to be in this film? Why isn't he in this? Why didn't they get Short Round to be in this film? Yeah. Expend verbals? That is the worst. Anyway, eating the popcorn. Expend verbals. And again, he's just Stallone in that movie. Yeah. He's just Sylvester Stallone. So, I mean, next you week, know, I mean, you're still trying to pull off the tough guy thing, and I appreciate that, but, like, I know your nipples are hanging around your belly button. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm so. I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to do another Rocky after Creed 3. Huh. I don't know what it would be, but I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a film where Rocky literally dies. Because that's how serious he takes this series. I would not be surprised if he did that. Rocky battles yeah. back after accidentally sitting on his testicles. Yeah. At the end of Rocky 10, Rocky battles uh, the kids who threw a frisbee into his backyard. Yeah. This is mine now. Because Mickey loves me. <laughs> so next week I say next week but in two weeks from now will be episode 459 we will be watching Rocky Balboa me for the first time I'm really excited to watch it we will also be discussing Bobby Bonilla Day which I'm very excited to talk about I was going to talk about it today but I decided instead to make this some of the easiest writing I've ever had to do because I could rip Rocky Five a new asshole in my sleep. Uh, and thank you, Max, for just being here by my side for the entire time. It's been very comforting having you on my shoulder for this entire thing. You're like a, you're like a Jiminy Cricket in Pinocchio. Or, or uh, in uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. We're, I'm taking the kids to uh, kids' summer movies. You know how every summer they do like uh, like cheap movies for kids at the theater? Yeah. Uh, last Wednesday, we went to go see Puss in Boots' The Last Wish. And I would have seen that in theaters before now if someone had just told me Florence Pugh plays Goldilocks. Really? And... Uh, Guillermo from What We Do in the Shadows plays a uh, uh, Chihuahua. If someone had just told me those two things, I would have seen it the day it freaking came out. <laughs> Florence Pugh plays Goldilocks. You had me at Florence Pugh. Yes. Oh, 
happy to see that in theaters. And they do a Mexican mariachi version of the Doors song, The End. Really? In a kid's movie. They do not get to the father, yes, son, I want to kill you part. Surprise. But, uh, but yeah, it, you had me there, too. But it wasn't Boots the Last Wish. I would go see that again instead of yeah. going to see the Indiana Jones movie if I if I if I really had if I had to be honest about it. The Indiana Jones movie, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's a popcorn muncher. And all Indiana Jones movies aim to be that, where it's like Plot, 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 action sequence. Plot, 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 action sequence. Because they, they're they still, the Indiana Jones movies still in their heart are just modern day serials. So every 20 minutes, ooh, how will our hero get out of this one? Tune in, same bat time, same bat channel, except it's not a serial. Here's how he gets out. And so there's a lot of like popcorn munching scenes, but I don't know. Harrison Ford's like 300 years old. Yes. So. Yes, he is. That's why I have fine. problems with him as Thunderbolt Ross, too. Yeah. I was going to go see the Indiana Jones movie again tomorrow, but it's like, fuck that. I'm just going to go see Spider-Verse again. I would rather see that in theaters again than the new Indiana Jones movie, which doesn't say a lot for the new Indiana Jones movie. But, Yes. Let me let me wrap this. Next week, Rocky Balboa. We continue our summer of Yo. After that, we will be taking a break with Boxing Helena. So, uh, okay. positive. I don't know how many Yo's are going to be in Boxing Helena, but I think we'll be lucky if we get one. But I yeah. don't think there's going to be a lot of Yo, I'm going to touch up. I don't think that happens in Boxing Helena. I don't think so. Uh, and Bobby Bonilla Day, excited to talk about the life and uh, the legacy of Bobby Bonilla. But that's next week. Now that I look back at this week, the ups and the downs, the ins and the outs, Robin Williams and Jack. Uh, Terry Funk, I still can't believe that. No. If anything, people should go back and watch the final fight in Rocky Five, knowing that a hardcore ECW wrestler choreographed it because the fight kind of makes more sense after that. Uh, Pride Fest, BBC, Giant Wheels of Cheese. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty fun episode of the podcast. This has been a damn good episode. Yes, I agree. I felt the same way, but. You know, this is, I feel that you're the one who makes that distinction and not me. And I don't ever want to step on anybody's toes. I always consider myself to be a burden. I always consider, I always assume that everyone hates me. It, I'm in therapy. And uh, my therapist has been helping me a lot with that. But yes, I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. Start moving your mouth. And on be and on be and I am Maylin. And on behalf of uh, Maxwell and 
Natasha and Eleanor and everybody else in the house. I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And, and you douche waffles and poopy toes. Yes. Douche waffles is just a really great bad word that we have come up with it as a family. So that, and then poopy toots is uh, our kids' way of saying pop tarts. <laughs> it also sounds vaguely bad. Um, uh, douche waffles and poopy toots. Well, and no. If you if you remember, if you remember, douche waffle was technically Mal's catchphrase. Yes. And Poopy Toots was Maxwell's catchphrase. But Maxwell nice. would never say it. So yeah, Mal Maxwell always now said it for him. Catchphrases every episode. Uh yeah, okay. Do 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 Skitty pop a wow cut and print. Oh, put it on a cookie. That's a wrap.